from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop. You're also catching this broadcast on the RSS feed for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora that you can get by going to WakeUpCallDT.com. You can also get on WakeUpCallDT.com for those of you listening on iTunes, the Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora free podcast by searching Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora in the iTunes podcast section or by simply clicking on the iTunes logo on wakeupcalldt.com. And for those of you downloading the app from all different services and providers, Wake Up Call DT on Podbean. You can get that at wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. That's wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. Or you can just click on the Podbean logo on wakeupcalldt.com where everything is all there for you together so you can connect with it that way. Obviously, the show is 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time every Monday through Friday on MixLR.com backslash DT. So the live feed for MixLR, the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, and the opportunity to download the app through Podbean are all available on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop and hub of WakeUpCall.com with Dan Tortora. So thank you for all of you that have connected with the show and have listened live, the over 12,000 listens that we have on the live feed on MixLR and the over 98,000 downloads we've had to shows and the countless number of plays above and beyond that on wakeupcalldt.podbean.com. So for today's broadcast, it's it's a special for those of you that know Sound Bites of the Week that airs Fridays around 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, live on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. This is a special Sound Bites of the Week segment for the American Athletic Conference. I had the opportunity to speak with all 12 of the coaches inside of the American Athletic Conference, which is something I've been very blessed to do numerous times in my career. I appreciate the time I get to spend with the American Athletic Conference and all the coaches that comprise the conference and the time that they have given me as well to learn them, learn their schemes, learn what they're doing and and what they stand for. And, And I appreciate each and every one of these gentlemen. On today's show, you're going to hear in this order from Tulane Green Wave head coach Willie Fritz. He will be followed by Mike Norvell of the Memphis Tigers. They're in a matchup against each other in Memphis. Then you, for week nine of college football, you will then hear from Philip Montgomery of the Tulsa Golden Hurricane and then Chad Morris of the SMU Mustangs. They're going up against each other at SMU in Texas. Major Applewhite of the Houston Cougars and Charlie Strong of the South Florida Bulls will both be on today's show as well, and they will be going up against each other in South Florida. Scott Frost of Central Florida has a game this week that's going to be out of conference against Austin P in Central Florida in Orlando. You'll hear from Scott Frost of the UCF Knights, and then you will hear from Randy Etzel of the UConn Huskies in his second stint in Connecticut with the Huskies. 
going up against the Missouri Tigers in this game in an out-of-conference game as well. And those that had the week off but are still on the show, Kenny Amatololo of the Navy Midshipmen, Scotty Montgomery of the East Carolina Pirates, Luke Fickle of the Cincinnati Bearcats, and Jeff Collins of the Temple Owls. All 12 coaches on the broadcast today, and these are their direct responses to my questions I posed to them on the American Athletic Conference Coaches Teleconference. So I want to thank Chuck Sullivan for moderating the teleconference. I also want to put a thank uh, a thanks out to uh, Bernadette. I want to thank the entire team at the American Athletic Conference, the commissioner, Mike Oresco, who is on the show numerous times, and I consider him a friend. And so a thanks to each and every one of them, and a thanks to all 12 institutions of the American Athletic Conference for providing the opportunity for me to create a special Sound Bites of the Week and putting in the hard work to study and know each of these 12 teams and then to have these coaches spend some time with me and spend some time with you on the airwaves right now. So without further ado, we're going to get it started with Willie Fritz of the Tulane Green Wave, starting my questions with him this week in Week 9 of college football on the positives he can take away despite his most recent loss. Well, just to, you know, the, I, was, I was really excited. Our, thought our guys really fought throughout the ball game. I, I told them after the game, it's most enthusiasm I felt on our sideline where, where guys were genuinely pulling for each other and, and uh, into the game. And, and uh, you know, it's something you got to develop, you know. And, and uh, so that was really good. And, and uh, then, you know, in the, in the uh, fourth quarter, we, we made some big stops, and got a takeaway defensively, and then also, uh, you know, had some big plays offensively, uh, both in the run and the pass, and, you know, that's a really, really good defense uh, as well. I think they're giving up 70-some-odd yards a game uh, rushing, and well, we, we got 250, 60 yards on the ground and then threw the ball fairly effectively, too. So, you know, there's some positive takeaway, but, you know, the biggest positive is get a win, and, and we need to just keep fighting and scratching and clawing and, you know, we're, 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 we're coming close, but that just don't count. So uh, we just got to play better for four quarters. How close, going off of that, is 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 your team, in, the, in your opinion, how close are the Green Wave to getting over that at this point? Oh, I think we're close. You know, we, we just I, I told our guys, you know, we, you know we, we can't have a letdown at any uh, point of the game. You know, everyone on our schedule is, we play up to our capabilities. We've got an opportunity to win, but if we don't, it's going to be tough. It's uh, uh, you know we we got to just continue to keep uh, you know our focus and positivity and and uh, keep battling. This is a great conference, you know, and we got another great test uh, on Friday night. Up next is on the other side of this matchup between Tulane and Memphis, the matchup that is happening Friday, October 27th. Depending on when you're listening to the show, it's at 8 p.m. Eastern time on CBS Sports Network. Memphis is ranked in the top 25 in the country at number 24. And I start my conversation with Mike Norvell with being scoreless in the first half, then 21 points in the third quarter, 21 in the fourth quarter, to win their most recent game, which was against the Houston Cougars inside of the American Athletic Conference. Just what he can say about going scoreless in the first half and then having 42 points in the second half, just the fact that the offense has really gotten going for Memphis this year and how dangerous Memphis is and how they're never really out of a game. 
Well, you know, our, our guys know that we, we have to go out there and execute our plan. And, uh, you know, we moved the ball moved the ball pretty well in the first half. I think we had 190 yards of offense, but you know, we didn't convert on third downs. We were we were struggling in that. And then we had the two first-half turnovers. And, uh, you know, if, if, if that occurs, it's hard for us to, to be able to, to – uh, to display what we're what we're capable of, and in the second half, uh, I thought our guys really calmed down. We went out there and, and uh, you know pushed the ball down the field. We're able to hit some explosive plays. Our tempo was uh, phenomenal. I think we had uh, of all the touchdown drives, the longest the longest drive was two minutes and thirty seconds, and so there was a lot of explosive plays. But uh, you know we're able to, uh, to to do it quite efficiently, especially when you're down in, in a game that's back and forth. You have to be able to operate at a, at a fast pace like that, and then. Uh, you know, just the, the overall heart of our guys. I mean, they love playing this game, and uh, to see them go out, you know, even when Houston would respond, you know, throughout that second half, there was no, there was never any panic, never any, uh, um, you know, uncertainty in what what we were capable of, and uh, those kids went out and, and got the job done. What about this team for the first seven games has impressed you the most? Obviously, you're building a plan, and you know what you want to do, and, and every single week is this individual game and individual season, so to speak. But what has impressed you the most about this team and route to where they are at this point in the season? You know, just the way they respond, uh, the way they respond to adversity, you know, the way they've responded to success. Uh, you know, you look at some of the things that have shown up throughout this, this first seven games. Um, and we've we've lost you know multiple starters on defense. Uh, you know we played you know our running back our running back group has been kind of you know mixing in and out just because of you know various injuries. You know that we've had we've had everything that that you really can't control has has shown up. And all our guys are focused on is, is making sure that we're in, we're all working to improve individually each and every day and and collectively that's showing up uh, you know as a team. And uh, no matter what it takes, you've got to you got to play with great effort. You got to play with great physicality and. And I see a team that's just, you know, really passionate uh, to be accountable to each other, and uh, you know, making sure that that we're doing you know, every step that's necessary to to be just one point better, you know, there at the end. And we've had a lot of close games that we've been able to win by by one, you know, one score, or one possession, which is is just something a coach always loves to see. Up next on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortoras, sound bites of the week special, centering on all twelve institutions of the American Athletic Conference. And the audio coming from the American Athletic Conference Coaches Teleconference, the direct responses from the coaches to the questions that I posed for Week 9 of college football. Philip Montgomery of the Tulsa Golden Hurricane, what he can say that he is taking away positively from his offense at this point in the season despite some struggles and adversity. You know, we got a lot of young guys playing for us right now, and they're, they're growing and learning and, and each game. Uh, new scenarios are coming up that, that give them an opportunity to grow. And so uh, we show flashes of things. We just weren't consistent the other day. You know, we, we'd have a big play or two, and then, you know, we ended up shooting ourselves in the foot. And so we just got to be more consistent and uh, do a better job of, of uh, taking advantage of situations when we get them. And then the, the overall scope of the conference, the fact that uh, the Central Floridas have gotten better in the SMUs and whatnot, any given game, anybody's at risk in this conference. Just what you can say from no matter where you look in the west or the east side of it, there is that level of competition that brings an exciting matchup week in and week out when it comes to the American Athletics. Yeah, I really think the conference has been like that ever since I've been in it. You know, there, there's not a team that you can overlook. Uh, everybody can play. Everybody's got good athletes. Uh, we've got good, great coaches in this league, and so – 
you got to be prepared and you got to be ready. And, and uh, no matter where you're playing or who you're playing, uh, it's going to be a tough matchup. So uh, we've got to continue to keep growing as a program. And, and I know our conference is, is growing by leaps and bounds each and every year. On the other side of the matchup that will pit these two teams against each other, Tulsa at SMU, Friday, October 27th at 9 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2. That is SMU Mustangs head coach Chad Morris. We start our conversation with five wins already this season. Last season, they had five wins through all 12 games. They're, they have control of their bowl eligibility this year. They only need one more game to become eligible, and they still have a shot at winning the West Division in the American Athletic Conference. Just what he can say about opportunity to do something very special this year. Well, I think then you go back and you look at it in three phases. You look at it in, 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 in a plant phase, a cultivate phase, and a harvest phase. And, and when you look at it in those three regards, I mean, it's so much about our culture. And where we are today is because of the decisions and the beliefs that were instilled 34 months ago when we were truly trying to just break the soil up and and, and get it ready to plant the seeds. And, and, uh, and you know, you spend so long cultivating or, or planting the seeds and, 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 and really getting the soil right, and then you start cultivating it and fertilizing it. And, and that's what we saw in year two. You know, you saw some of it in late in year one, uh, but year two you really started seeing, really cultivating it and, and adding to the culture and just instilling the values uh, and, and you saw some growth last year, but it just wasn't consistent. Uh, and then what you're seeing this year is you're just more of the, the consistent growth in the program. And, it's, again, it's a credit to these, these young men that have, that have truly bought into what, what we're about and who we are and, and, um, and, and just understanding that it just truly is about one day at a time and just being 1-0 today. And, uh, and, and you're in an opportunity right now. We, we've worked extremely hard, 1,050-some-odd days since we've been here, um, to, to be in a harvest phase. And, and this week uh, brings that to our program. Uh, just to, and we talk each week about just being 1-0, and and this is the Tulsa season. Last week was the Cincinnati season. And just be 1-0 in that, that, that season. Uh, well, if you're 1-0 enough, great things are going to happen. And, and that's what's happened to us. Uh, over the last 34 months, we've we've positioned ourselves to just be one and zero this week can achieve and put this program at another level, um, and uh, and that's all we're asking. We're not looking down the road. We're looking right here, right now, because this, we can achieve a lot of things at home. Friday night, eight o'clock, a primetime game, uh, national television, and, and you know, there's been a lot of sacrifice for these players, these coaches, these families that have gone through to get to this point in our program. Um, and, and as I've said before, we're not as good as we're going to be, but we're better than we've ever been. Uh, we've got to continue to play more consistent in some areas, but, but it has been. It, it's, it's been a series of, of just daily wins, and it started 1,057 days ago, I believe. From the matchup between Tulsa and SMU to the matchup between Houston going up to, against South Florida on the road, in South Florida, in Tampa, Major Applewhite of the Houston Cougars. We start our conversation with Dylan Burden and Duke Catalan in the backfield. Just what his thoughts are on his running backs, including these two at this point, and his backfield in general. You know, I've, I've been pleased with the way they run the ball the last three weeks. Uh, we didn't we didn't move the ball consistently against Tulsa or score points, but but in terms of what they were doing in the run game what they were asked to do they were they were effective uh certainly against smu 
somewhat against Tulsa and, and, and effective in the run game against Memphis. Uh, where we've got to get better at running back is protecting the quarterback. And in two weeks against Tulsa, we've had a sack on a tailback in a situation where we're moving down to score points to open up the third quarter, and it takes us out of a scoring opportunity. Then we're going down to score against uh, Memphis, and we don't pick up and pass protection at running back, and our quarterback gets hit with a sack fumble. Um, so playing with the football is a minimum expectation. We've got to get better at playing without the football. And uh, to go off of that, your quarterback position, just what you've seen, like you said, some of those things that have happened offensively, not on the quarterback, you know, if he's not affected, just what you've taken away from, from, the, from under center at quarterback at this point. You know, Kyle did some really good things with his, with his feet early in the game uh, and even late in the game. Uh, ball security uh, down the stretch is, is, you know, in a game like that against Memphis where it turns into a shootout, which can happen, has happened, did happen against UCLA. Um, it did, you know, it's happened in other games that they've played. You have to take care of the ball down the stretch, and that's the same story of the UCLA game. Um, you know, UCLA's in, in an opportunity to win the game, and they don't take care of the ball in the red zone. Um, you know, we're in an opportunity to win the game, driving towards the end, we fumble, and then we get the ball back, and then we throw an interception. So those are the things that we, we have to eliminate. A uh, lot of good throws, a lot of good decisions, a lot of plays being made with the feet throughout the course of the game. But, um, you know, when you're playing a really good opponent and it goes into 13th, 14th, 15th round, uh, you have to be making great decisions all the way through those rounds. Those, those early rounds don't count. It's, it's how you finish the fight, and we did not finish it with, with enough ball security and discipline. From Major Applewhite to Charlie Strong, on the side of the USF, the South Florida Bulls, what he has to say about if guys are paying attention to all these streaks, to starting off the season seven and zero, to having you know the streaks of thirty, you know, getting at least thirty points in a game, to going back to last season and winning twelve games in a row. Just if his team is paying attention to any of the hype around the team right now. You know, I've heard uh, a lot of conversations then, and, and never once have I heard anyone talk about the, the winning streak or the, the 30 point. They don't even say nothing about it. You know, they just go about their business, and what we try to do is just focus on that opponent and whomever the opponent is. But we don't, we we don't, we don't make a big deal about it. You being with South Florida for your first season with this team, and the team is at the top of the American Athletic East side of it and and obviously so undefeated for the season. Just what you can say about how quickly the team bought into your message and what you wanted and if you've been impressed by the team up to this point to see where they've gotten only a little bit over halfway through your first season there. Well, you always look at it when you take over a team and, and the thing you try to do is just you, you go into it, when you take over, you just go into it and just try to see, you know, where, where you can really help young men grow. And with this team, I had unbelievable leadership and senior leadership. And I think that when you have a quarterback who just want to go to work and doesn't worry about his his own personal goals, where he's willing to sacrifice for the team. And then you look at the job Augie has done on defense. But there's a lot of seniors there with Sanat, with Hector, with Fullwood, with Abraham, with Nichols. And then, you know, you got Ruff, you have Valdez, you have Tice, you have DeErnest, but you have uh, Jay Hall. You have enough guys that are in that group for you that have done a really good job of managing the team. Because they just want to win. So when you catch a team that really want to win, 
and and I have you know I I just love how our whole attitude has been, and that's been my biggest surprise. Because when you walked into the season, we had a target on our back, and yes, and you know sometimes people say, well, they should have won. It's not so much what you should have beat somebody by, because you got to respect other opponents. Also, you just play your game and make sure that you steady improve and get better game by game. And the matchup between these two teams, Houston at South Florida. South Florida, Florida ranks 17th in the country. Is at 3.45 p.m. Eastern time on ESPNU, Saturday, October 28th, depending on when you're hearing this broadcast. If you're listening after the fact or during the game, thank you so much for tuning in as well. Staying in the state of Florida and staying in the top 25 and staying undefeated, all huge positives for the Florida portion of the American Athletic Conference, we move on to Scott Frost of the UCF, the Central Florida Knights, and how quickly his plan has come to fruition or where he sees his plan at this point. Well, where I see it at this point is it's nothing that we've accomplished matters, and I, I know coaches say that, but I don't feel any different going into this game than I did Game 7 last year. Um, the next one is the most important one, so we're not going to lose focus on what we're doing, and uh, we're going to get as prepared as we can every week. Um, big picture of things, um, you know, I, one of the reasons I wanted to come to this to this university is I is I knew the potential that this place had um, with the university and the campus and the community, our ability to recruit down here. Uh, I had a good feeling that if we did things the right way, uh, we could we could win here and and do some special things here. Um, it, it probably has happened a little faster than I thought, and, and most of the credit to that, um, our, our assistant coaches deserve for getting these guys ready to play, and, and the players deserve for doing absolutely everything that we've asked for them and being committed uh, to trying to turn UCF into a winner. And we have a lot of a lot of guys playing well, a lot of young guys that we've recruited playing well, and the team's really playing together. So I've been pleased with how fast all that has come together. When you look at where the team is at this point, and like you said, big picture, you like where things are at, but it's always the next game up and whatnot. What if some of the, some of your biggest notes have have been? I know the team is is in a good place at six and zero, but what are some of those things that you've written down and said? You know, I want to make sure we improve in this or focus on this. Some of those key areas where you know any good coach knows whether you're undefeated or not, you can always get better. Where's where are some of those places that you can get better? Yeah, we want to be good down the stretch run, and and we're we've patterned our whole uh, season and our practice schedule and plan around that. Uh, so we need to be fresh and sharp as we go down the stretch here. Um, we're doing what we can to make sure the guys are ready physically. Uh, I think the the biggest thing we, we're going to focus on this week is is our penalties. We we've gotten too many penalties uh, in the first several games that didn't didn't hurt us much because uh, we were performing well enough that we overcame a lot of things and the games weren't as close. Um, that game Saturday, uh, we killed a couple of our own offensive drives with with dumb mistakes and penalties. And um, I think the game would have been a, a little more one-sided had we not done that. Uh, so we got to clean those things up and make sure we're not doing things that are going to hurt our chances. Scott Frost and the UCF Knights will host in Orlando. They're ranked number 18th in the country. They will play host to Austin P at 5 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN3. From that matchup to the final matchup of Week 9 for the American Athletic Conference, and that is Randy Etzel's UConn Huskies. The Huskies will get set to take on Missouri, 
and that game will be played in Connecticut at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time on the CBS Sports Network. I start my conversation with Randy Etzel in Week 9 about what his assessment is of the team so far on offense, defense, and special teams. Well, I think that I think one of the things is they're 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 understanding how to compete. <clears throat> they're understanding how hard it is to win, and the amount of uh, energy and preparation that goes into uh, getting yourself ready to play. And again, I see things that you know as we've gotten better, um, you know, with each game. And as long as they continue to have that same attitude and uh, same drive as they come to practice each and every day, then uh, we have a chance to continue to get better and to continue to improve. When you're in a program that's, that's trying to build toward that success, and, and obviously it's you coming back into it and having an opportunity to move UConn into a more positive environment era, what can you say about what you've learned the most in coming back this time around from the environment, and if it is an environment and a culture where where the kids are buying in right away or if it's taken some time for you to, to help turn this tide and get them to believe that there's better to come for you. Well, yeah, it is, it is different um, uh, than the last time. There's different circumstances and, and um, uh, issues that you're, you're de- you deal with and what you have to uh, work with and to overcome. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is it's just that we got to get that um, culture, if you, you, you want to use that word, but where uh, back and that enthusiasm and intensity and, and will back that we had, we were here before, and, and, and you can start to see it coming, you know, and, and again, it, things don't happen overnight. And, uh, but the kids are working, they're trying. And um, you know that's all you can ask for. As long as they're as long as they're giving their best effort each and every day and everything that they do, you know that's all I can ask for. There's going to be some other things that we have to address to to make us better. But as long as you know they're coming in here with the right frame of mind, and then they go out and put in the effort that it takes to get better each and every day and and do it with enthusiasm and do it. Uh, because it's for the team and not for their own benefit, you know, then we're, we're on the right track. And I think that's what they've, uh, they've learned to do. Uh, we still got to get better at it, but um, uh, they've, come, they've come a good way since, uh, since we started. From all the matchups of Week 9 to the four coaches that are off, starting with Ken Niamatololo of the Navy Midshipmen, we start our conversation with what he could say about the success coaches that are young to the American Athletic Conference have had. Not necessarily young coaches, but young coaches as far as the conference goes in years that they've been there. Ken Niamatololo has the longest tenure inside of the American Athletic Conference. So just what he could say about the youth on the other side of things, and uh, namely Scott Frost, who he just faced recently at home in Annapolis, Maryland. Navy doesn't lose many games at home, but they did lose to Central Florida in week eight of the season, 31-21. to 21. So just what he could say about young coaches in the American Athletic Conference, young coaches to the conference is what we're discussing, and Scott Frost, namely, of Central Florida. Uh, just very impressed with him. You know, he's a good person. You know, I mean, I've gotten to know Scott at our meetings, 
really like him as a person, but he's a heck of a football coach too. Obviously, his kids have bought into his culture and what he, you know, he and the staff are trying to emphasize. And they're playing really well. You know, what I mean, they're playing physical, sound football right now. You know, and so they're, you know, they've always been athletic at, you know, Central Florida. They've always got good athletes. But he's taking those athletes and they're, you know, they're they're coaching them. They're playing well and just really impressed, impressed with what he's done in two years, how, you know, he's gotten them to where they're at. You know, it's very impressive. And then as far as going into the bye week, just, I know you said the team's banged up like a lot of teams out there, but just what your takeaways have been from the season so far for Navy, some of those things that you've, you know, kind of written down on the notepad and said, you know, I want to key in on a few things during this bye week or just kind of refocus. What are some of those things? I just feel like we're not really playing Navy football this season. I, I feel like we're very fortunate to be 5-2. and two. Uh, But, you know, we're, I believe, 114 in turnover margin. Uh, you know, we're in the teens as far as, like, 19 and 20, you know, uh, 40 yards uh, penalty or yards of penalty per game. And normally we're 1-2 and two in that category in the country. We norm- we've been the least penalized team in the country you know, for the last decade. And so, you know, those are just things that we normally don't do. You know, take care of the ball. We don't beat ourselves. Because we recognize it's hard enough to beat other people. You know, guys are always bigger and faster than us. And so we're just, uh, that's my biggest concern coming in off season, uh, our bye week, you know, just addressing those issues and hopefully, you know, getting those cleaned up so, we you know, we can find a way to win games. You know, it's... Um, like I said, it's hard enough to win games. We don't want to lose games by beating ourselves, and that's our emphasis. From there, we'll head over to Scotty Montgomery, whose ECU East Carolina Pirates are off this week as well, and his takeaways from quarterbacks Gardner Minshew and Thomas Sirk at this point, what the dynamic is of having the two out there this season for the team, what he thinks about the two quarterbacks that he's had out, and the fact that neither one of them has really declared the job at this point. Well, you know, um, I think that we know a lot about both of them. Uh, I think that we've grown the offense enough to where we can use both of them to be successful, uh, whereas in the beginning we were just working with Gardner. I didn't think we had grew the offense enough around Thomas. Uh, now working with Thomas and Gardner, we've been able to grow uh, kind of the not only the football uh, base for both of them, but also the relationships on the field with the receivers, the, the backs, the offensive line to where we can be successful when with both of them on the field. So uh, both of them are talented. Both of them are really detailed. like the fact the way we took care of the ball. I thought they took care of the ball really well. There were some opportunities to force some balls in there. And we did a couple of times, but we didn't do it as, as much as we've done it here in the, here in the past weeks. And, uh, you know, and, and then I thought both of them found the matchups that, that I talked about earlier. I thought there was a couple of matchups that we liked in the game. and uh, We didn't get to use them all as much as I would have liked to use them, but uh, all in all, they did a good job and worked well together. And then uh, defensively, as you go into this bye week, just what you can say, some of those notes that you have that you've taken away defensively, some of those bullet points that you want to key in on before November 4th. Yeah, we we really have got to uh, continue to uh, be ready and aware and available for any little change-ups that come at us. BYU hit us with a few little wrinkles uh, that, that we hadn't seen 
and uh, we adjusted in the second half to, to some of them. I'd like to adjust a little bit quicker. I think that our guys will be able to do that. Uh, coverage is, is, is a concern still. Uh, it's not something that we haven't gotten better at. We've gotten better at it, but it's still a concern. Just two, maybe two to three too many drop coverages in a game, uh, and uh, we've got to firm up the interior, our, our interior coverage, meaning from five yards past the line of scrimmage to 30 yards down the field, not necessarily the deep balls, but the intermediate game. Uh, we've got to do a better job in there and defensively, but We've got to continue to, to, to play some of these young guys now, start to give us a big boost and big energy, and uh, we've got to improve a little bit. We've, we've lost uh, a little bit of our pass rush when we lost Keontae, uh, so we've got to find a way to create uh, a little bit more uh, more pressure uh, on the passer uh, than, than we have uh, in, in the first part of the year. From East Carolina, we head over to Cincinnati, and Luke Fickle in his first season as the Cincinnati Bearcats head coach and what he could say about how recruits have received him on the recruiting trail as he tries to build Cincinnati football. What are recruits, what are high school players saying about Cincinnati? How is this relationship going with recruiting so far? Uh, it's, it's been good. You know, Again, we're selling a dream and we're talking about who we are and what we want to be. And you know, Sometimes it's hard to see right now. Um, but what we try to say is you got to put your faith and belief in us as people, in us as coaches, and us as developing you and developing our program. And, you know, that's why it comes down to the relationship. It's really easy when, you know, things are going really well and, you know, you can say, well, hey, just flip it on and here we're 7-1 we're and one or we're, you know, this, that, the other thing. We're playing for championships. And, you know, and sometimes you take for granted the recruiting side of things and building those relationships. And, you know, and, uh, whether you're – whether you're rolling or you're struggling a little bit, it's still going to come down to that. And I think that's where we put our focus, you know, is that, hey, when, we, when we're recruiting, we've we got to sell ourselves. We've got to sell the people that uh, our program, the things that we're doing, the things that we're building. And how do you do that? You do that by building relationships. And when people believe in you, uh, they have a hell of a lot more confidence in you. And to go off of that, just what you can say about the importance of being transparent. And like you said, when things are going well, you can – sell that and talk about that, but the transparency of, of telling a kid exactly what to expect when they come to the school or, you know, what the position looks like and whatnot, just about the importance of being transparent in a world where sometimes the kids don't always get that. Well, I mean, everybody has their philosophies and how they recruit and how they go about it. For us, whether we were 8-0 or we were, you know, we're 2-6, and six, uh, we're going to be honest and that's what I tell them. I want them. There's there's things here that that uh, obviously we got to do and we got to build and we got to um, you know make better. But there's also a lot of great things here too. And, you know, and we're selling ourselves, and so we're not guaranteeing and promising just because there's no player. Hey, we're, no, we don't have players. We're losing. You can come right in. No, I don't. I don't want it. When we recruit them, it can't be built on a lie. Our relationship can't be built on lies. And because um, when they walk in the door, the ability for us to to be able to develop them is going to start with trust. And, you know, so, yes, there's some things. And I love it when they ask questions. They say, well, how come I see this? And, you know, every one of our coaches are, you know, are, are instructors. They say, look, don't, don't be not telling these guys the truth because they're going to walk in the door here and they're going to think, oh, my goodness, this coach is crazy. And I said, you know, I tell them, I say, if you're looking for a new 43-year-old best friend, it's probably not the right place. But uh, if you're looking for somebody who's going to develop you, push you, and make you grow in every aspect of your life, then that's who we are and that's what we're going to start to do. And finally, Jeff Collins, Temple Owls, the first career start for his new quarterback as the American Athletic Conference moves forward and we see 
this this conference grow and advance their push toward being that conference that you regard as a power six in the first season with with the team and Jeff Collins. Just what he could say. I mean, the team lost to Army 31 to 28. Frank Frank Newtile is his new quarterback, and he was in his first start. So what he had to say about Frank and his first start, the takeaways from his performance at quarterback and his focus as he moves forward with Frank under center. Yeah, I mean, I thought he did a great job preparing for the game. Um, you know, he's got a great competitive spirit about him. He's got some natural leadership ability. Um, you know, really studied the game plan like he does every week. Um, he came out there. Um, maybe a little slow start, but, you know, um, you know, I thought he did a nice job. I think he was 20 of 29. Um, and only had we only had two drops, um, so I think he played really well and got a right play, got the protection move, um, those kind of things. You know, I think he would love to have that. You know, one of the last passes, you know, down in the red zone back. Um, but other than that, I'm really really proud of the kid and how he performed, and then how everybody rallied around him. Um, you know, with four offensive line starters out for the game, um, and a brand new quarterback getting his first start. Just, just the, the way the kids rally around are, are truly a family uh, in this program, especially to be around. And when you look at the, the offense, like you said, dealing with injuries and dealing with Frank uh, having his first career start coming in, just what you can say you could take away from this extra time that you're going to have coming up and what some of those focus points are offensively for you as you try to build some consistent scoring on the offensive side of the ball. Sure, and hope, you know, hopefully we'll get you know a bunch of the kids back that were hurt. But if we don't, the, the kids that played will will you know go in there and compete and do a great job for us. Um, but I think we've been very creative, um, you know, and I think we've still been able to be physical and be tough and and run the ball when we need to, but still have some unique formations, um, do some unique run game things and some pass game things uh, to make it difficult to prepare for. And I think we've just been sprinkling those things in and adding to that menu. And I just know as a, as, a, as a defensive guy, you know, all those unique formations and shifts that we do, um, you know, are difficult to prepare for. So we'll continue to do that, uh, try, try to create as much stress um, for opposing defenses, and then at the end of the day, block really well, uh, catch the ball in space, and I hit the holes and just hit them away from the And that rounds up all 12 coaches of the American Athletic Conference in a very special Sound Bites of the Week extended segment that you will find here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora weekly. Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora proudly brings you Sound Bites of the Week every Friday right around 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time inside of Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora live on MixLR.com backslash DT and on the homepage of WakeUpCallDT.com where the MixLR live feed is. If you haven't become a member, please make sure you do so now. It is free to do so. You can also connect with this show and with the company Dan Tortora Broadcast Media LLC 24-7 on Facebook by liking the page at Wake Up Call DT, following on Twitter at CallDT, and following on Instagram at Dan Tortora Media. You can also check out YouTube.com backslash Wake Up Call DT. And as I said at the beginning of the show, you can go to wakeupcalldt.com, the hub of everything that is Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and you will find the RSS feed, the iTunes podcast, the downloadable app through Podbean, and the live feed for MixLR, all in one place at the top of the homepage of wakeupcalldt.com. As always, I'm proud to be where sports meets life. God bless you, and thank you 
for everything. Thank you to the American Athletic Conference, to Chuck Sullivan, Mike Oresco, Bernadette, and everybody, including all of the institutions and their coaches. A proud thanks to Willie Fritz and Tulane, Mike Norvell in Memphis, Philip Montgomery in Tulsa, Chad Morris and SMU, Major Applewhite and Houston, Charlie Strong and South Florida, Scott Frost in Central Florida, Randy Etzel in Yukon, Ken Niamatololo in Navy, Scotty Montgomery in East Carolina, Luke Fickle and Cincinnati, and Jeff Collins and Temple. This is Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, and this is your home for all things sports, life, and when they come together. God bless you, and have and have a wonderful day. Have a magical day. Have a have a happy day. Smile today more than you did yesterday. Laugh today more than you did a week ago. And always remember that every day is a gift.